Welcome into this week's recruiting breakdown. I'm Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas, joined by Justin Wells of Inside Texas with his Nike tennis hat on. He must be going to get some swings here in a little while. Uh, I'm on the road, as you can see. Look, I'm back in the car. I'm headed to about three high schools in the Houston area. You can see my golf clubs behind me. I'm not playing golf today. I will assure you that. Um, but, yeah, hitting some schools today. Justin will be out at schools today. Um, but we're, this is the recruiting breakdown. Again, before we get started, we're going to talk Texas State track meet, three Texas signees there, a ton of targets in 24, 25, and even Braden Robinson from Red Oak in 26, who will be burning up a wet track, let's say. Uh, we'll talk about where Justin was last week, stops I made in Florida last week, um, brought back a 24-hour bug that sent me to the bed for about 48 hours this weekend. Uh, but before we get to that, let's uh, take a second for our sponsor, newest sponsor, Chase Yarborough of Goosehead Insurance. There are hundreds of insurance providers out there to choose from, but Chase and his team have vetted the very best. They select only insurance companies that deserve your business for home, auto, life, flood, and umbrella policies. With rates on the rise across the state, why not make one phone call and allow Chase to shop for you? Goosehead is the largest independent brokerage in the state of Texas. Contact Chase at chase.yarboroughgoosehead.com or call him at 325-261-7127. Again, Chase Yarborough Goosehead Insurance, thank you very much for being a newest sponsor of On Texas Football and sponsoring the Recruiting Breakdown Weekly. So, Justin, before we get to kind of where we were at the end of last week, um, because I, you, you, I like where you were, you got to see – uh, a football prospect uh, play baseball, which I always love the multi-sport guys and talking about how they transition from football to other sports. Let's talk about the state track meet and kind of set that up uh, for inside Texas subscribers, Texas fans out there. Our YouTube channel is booming right now, growing really fast. We have more fans on here by the day by a lot of numbers. Um, so we have three Texas signees. Jelani McDonald, I believe, is in the triple jump. Trevor Goosby showed up at the Texas spring game, 6'7 and a half, 285. And he's, th he's throwing the shot put 57 feet after being in the mid 40s last year. <laughs> and then Ryan Niblett, who missed the, majority, Niblett missed the majority of his senior season in track with an early hamstring injury. He got back to qualify for state in the long jump. No, uh, no running events. I mean, he really, he had a, a an injury that, some people at Eisenhower wanted to just shut it down and get ready for Texas, but he was a little too competitive for that. But kind of talk about, you know, you've seen Jelani McDonald, you've seen him dunk the basketball in every way you and I wish we could dunk a basketball. So talk about what you've seen from him athletically and headed into this week when he's competing in the triple jump, which doesn't surprise us. No, he was there last year. I think he brought home the gold. Um, with Jelani McDonald, man, <laughs> he's. It, I feel like he's still underrated. And I know he's a four-star. I know he's a, a talented guy that, that can play on both sides of the football. But I feel like we still don't talk about him enough. He is the wild card of this yeah. 2023 signing class. And that is in a good way because this kid impressed everyone at the Army, at the All-American Bowl stuff last December, playing corner, playing safety, playing linebacker. He can do a little bit of everything. He's ready to uh, wrap up his high school career. And there's no better way than trying to uh, repeat as the triple jump champion. Jelani is just, he's a bowl full of wonderful, Jerry. He's got the best personality. He has a great, he's a hard worker. 
he is the type of kid Steve Sarkeesian identifies, recruits, brings into the mix. I can't wait to see him and catch up with him on Thursday and Friday. I know those guys are, are going to be ready to go. And so, yeah, from watching him throw a football to watching him play corner to watching him play basketball to watching him run track, um, I've had my Jelani McDonald fix over the last 12 months, and it's been a blast. It, it, one of the things I, Bobby and I have talked about, even with Ian on one of the Friday shows a couple of times, as talented as the early enrollees were at Texas, the two guys that I may be most excited to see even counting the early enrollees are Jelani McDonald and Derek Williams. And I oh. say that because what you said about Jelani McDonald is the same thing at Derek Williams. At the Under Armour practices, he had the feet of a corner, but he's has a body of a safety. Jelani McDonald played some corner at Under Armour practices. So you're talking about two safety bodies. Jelani can end up being a linebacker. Heck, New Iberia coaches, Westgate coaches think, uh, Derek Williams can end up being 6'4", 220 because his parents are six feet and six six. So you're talking about two guys that could be safety linebacker bodies, although Derek Williams will play safety for sure, that have cornerback feet. That's where Texas has improved the overall athleticism in the program under Sarkeesian. No question. No question. And, and, and those two guys, you know what you're going to see in 2023? I will be shocked if Derek Williams isn't on special teams. Same. He is, he is, he's got a Mo Blackwell type of motor to him that, that can make plays on, on, on special teams before he's ready to lock down one of those safety positions. He is the Raptor for a reason. He smacks, yeah. tracks, and attacks. And that's why I love about Derek Williams. And then Jelani's a, a, a one-size-fit-all type hat. You just find the right spot for that guy and let him flourish. It's scary that he could play corner. It's kind of scary that he could play safety. And if he got big enough like his father did, he could be a damn good outside linebacker. So two guys that I know we're really looking forward to seeing this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. LaMarcus McDonald, I believe, was on the same linebacker core at, at Waco High at some point with Derek Johnson. I mean, that's when Johnny Tusa and Waco had all the players. Uh, yeah. Now they're spread out in the Waco area uh trevor gooseby we had him on the show last week of bobby and i on the tuesday live stream unbelievably awesome interview i gave him a hard time about having the ricky williams uh poster on the wall while he was still committed to tcu which i thought was pretty funny when you kind of track back in his recruitment uh yeah. but hey this is why i've always said offensive linemen are the latest developers he this kid was six six he said 240 high 240s his junior year He's now 6'7 and a half, 285. Okay, he's dropped a little weight in basketball track, but he, I think he was 6'7 and a half, 285 at the spring game, April 15th. So this kid has grown an inch since he committed to Texas and an inch and a half since his junior year. Has a little brother that's a 6'4 and a half guard wing that Texas is already looking at as a freshman in basketball. He plays for Jermaine O'Neal's Drive Nation, big time 15 and under team. But this is why offensive line guys are the late developers. We're talking about a guy with 6'6", 240-something last year was throwing the shot, put in the mid-40s. He's now 6'7 closing in on 290, throwing the shot, put 57, third in 5A, headed to state meet. Um, I mean, in you know, when you look at that, the only early enrollee of the offensive lineman, or no, only one that wasn't an early enrollee, but right. it kind of speaks to what Texas is doing on the offensive line. 
It, it really does. He's the one guy that we, you don't hear much from. That's because the entire rest of the group enrolled early. But Goosby said, I, I got business to take care of. I got stuff I got to finish. And the fact that th he's turning into one of those premier senior evals. Granted, he was a take as a junior. But like you said, the growing, the development, that just adds to the mental evals that these that these coaches are doing, that Sark is being judicious about when it comes to offers. He falls into the Kyle Flood large human category. And the best part about Trevor Goosby, they don't need him to play right now. Yeah. Put him in the oven and let him bake at 350 for a year and a half, two years, until he's ready to be basted and turned into a, a, a prime dinner at left tackle, at a right tackle, one of the interior guards. If he's getting that big, he's probably a tackle. Uh, but Gooseby, ton of credit because I we didn't I didn't expect him to make a jump like that in, in track. No. But he's a no. competitor. His little brother's yeah. a competitor. That family's a competitive team. It's a competitive bunch. And so, yeah, Gooseby's the guy that nobody talks about. But maybe we should be mentioning him a little bit more, and we'll certainly see some stuff on Friday. Yeah, and, you know, there's uh, somebody shared some concern. Is he going to get too tall? I was like, nah, Reuben Father, he's going to get drafted him next year. He's 6'9". The 6'10 kid from Arkansas got drafted. He's going to be just really fine. Not too tall. Now, as long as he has tackle feet and 84-inch wingspan, 83, he's going to be just fine. As long as he <laughs> that brings the physicality in the run game. The third right. guy, the Texas signee, before we get into all the targets, um, Ryan Niblett. The only receiver that wasn't an early enrollee, right? Uh, Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore Jr. were those guys were also way ahead of Ryan Niblett as a wide receiver. Ryan Niblett's yes. a heck of a talent, a very explosive athlete, but he kind of had to play all over the place at Eisenhower. Didn't play on the most talented team. He played quarterback as sophomore. He was the punter. He was the punt returner. Uh, you know, he did it all, played receiver. They had to get him the ball in the quick game. He's got a lot to learn about the position. And another guy that I don't think you're going to see next year, he's going to re, he's going to require some patience within himself to develop. But if he does, he's got that next gear athleticism that Texas has been lacking, and Sarkeesian's trying to build this roster offensively so he has enough of that speed. Niblett's a guy that they're going to take, you know, three receivers usually per cycle, and he was the third one in this class. Not that there's an order. But what you're going to see is I think he's the developmental kid because Sark, yeah. you know, when they lose receivers, they're going to go to the portal a lot of times for a junior, a senior, a grad transfer when you're trying to fill a few holes. But when they recruit high school kids, there's they have one thing in common, Jerry. They can run. They are yeah. fast. I don't know if it's the Art Bryles, Houston Baylor measurement of run. Remember, that was a they had to be 10, 6 or faster yeah. just to get recruited. But, but we're getting in that type of area of, of expertise and of talent. And Niblett's one of those, he's quick, great feet, good hands. And like you said, he's got another gear. Get him in the system, get him developed, let him hit that wall of adversity. Don't let him hit the portal. And then in two years, you got a guy playing opposite DeAndre and Jonte uh, catching passes for probably Arch Manning. You, you had to bring up that Art Browse thing. That brought back bad memories of going to Richardson Pierce and Corey Coleman in Texas saying, ah, we're not sure what he plays and we're not sure if he's fast enough. And I was looking around saying, what? What? One Texas coach wanted and the other Texas coach wasn't sure what he could play. I was like, ah, this guy's really good. I don't know what y'all are thinking here, but 
this guy's really, really good. And that's how Baylor got built. Art Browse made really good evaluations. All right, so moving on to the targets, okay? Let's run down the list. You can add to them. We have Micah Hudson who will be there on the relay team. Uh, we have the Red Oak uh, receivers, Braden Robinson in 2026, Father played at Rice on staff at Red Oak, Taz Williams, 2025, all recent offers of Texas. Um, the list of guys just goes on and on of, of targets here. Who are you? I know I posted a story at Inside Texas for those of you that want to see when these guys run, kind of what their qualifying times were. Who are some of the guys that you're most interested to talk to? I know you're going to be down there Thursday, Friday. Uh, well, number one is always Micah Hudson, and I, I can predict right now we're not going to get a whole lot from him because Micah is Mr. Close to the Vest, and I completely understand and respect it. It's got a kind of a JV and Tobiano recruiting vibe to it. He keeps you in the loop. He keeps you in the loop. He's respectful, but he's not going to give away too much, and and I just I respect the way Micah and his family run that thing. I want to see him, catch up with him, see how he's doing. I've only checked in on him every three weeks for the last six months. And so that's number one for me. Um, but, man, yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of guys on this list. I want to see what Brian Wesco looks like in, in the long jump because he's been doing a lot of damage in area and regional. And I want to yeah. see kind of top to bottom just we, – we saw a lot of these guys at the Texas Relays. And so now I want to kind of see – what they look like on the bigger, on an even bigger stage, the state track meet. I personally have a niece and a nephew who are going to be running there on Thursday. So there's an emotional tie there as well. Glad somebody but, got athleticism in the family. True. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that, it skipped my generation <laughs> and it jumped into the six foot three, 185 pound nephew yeah. that signed to play run track <laughs> at Houston. Um, and so, yeah, th th that's the best thing about the state track is you just get to see so much stuff and, that's a, an, it's, it's a smorgasbord of guys at Texas targets and, and the rules still apply. You know, you can't go over the facilities. Um, if you happen to be, uh, you, you know, competing, but I caught up with Louisville 2025 offensive tackle, Michael Fasusi last night. If you don't know that name, you need to learn it and learn it fast. He's going to be one of the top tackles in Texas, possibly in the country in the next few years. Um, he's actually making an unofficial visit to Texas on Friday. I asked him, are you going down for, you know, state track? He said, no, I'm going down to see football. And so there, there's going to be a few other things going on other than the state track meet. And bringing Fasusi on campus, I think, is a big step because he is – the offensive line is a little down in Texas in 2024. It jumps right back up in 2025. That, that's a good point, a good little nugget there because Kyle Flood was by uh, Mesquite Horn, Lamont Rogers, and Bill recently. Uh, Lamont Rogers has been on campus before. Uh, is expected again in June. June third is going to be a big kind of weekend. Yes. Get a lot, bunch of twenty twenty fives in Austin. We'll have more on that. Okay, we're not reporting this. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. But I'm going to ask you a question. This is not inside Texas reporting anything. Would you be surprised if Micah Hudson showed up in Lubbock June 9th, 11th, and Texas June 23rd through 25th? Would that shock you? But he just dropped the pin when he got there. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. Me too. <laughs> 
just like we'd, just like we'd be shocked if Colin Simmons wasn't in Austin June 23rd through 25th at this point. I'd be shocked. Just like two weeks ago, you would have been shocked if Kobe Black right. wasn't going to come into Texas on June 23rd to the 25th. And, and, and my point to the people listening and following this is these some of these kids put it out. Some of these kids go on their own timeline. And there's three guys right there in this class that are on their own timeline. They're going to drop their news when they're ready. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I'm Justin and I come from the same place. If Mike Hudson's not in Lubbock the 9th through 11th, Tech's big weekend, and not in Austin the 23rd through 25th, I think we'd both be surprised. Um, moving on, um, you were at Lovejoy uh, last week. Or I don't know if you were at Lovejoy. You were watching Parker Livingstone on the, on right. the, on the bump or on the diamond. Um, I always love the – I'll never forget watching Caleb Blewett uh, track Brenham. a baseball. Uh, or no, Westbrook. Westbrook. Um, track a baseball. It's playing center field. I was like, okay, this guy actually could play tight end. The things you pick up in baseball, if you see a guy play in the outfield, translate really well. And I don't know what you saw from uh, from Parker, but what were your takeaways? I think people kind of have a feel for the recruitment, South Carolina, Arkansas, Texas visits in June. What were your takeaways from Parker watching him in person as an athlete? Because a lot of people just know the guy that plays wide receiver in terms of margin hooks. Yeah, you know, some guys like to go to – they like to go to offseason at school and check in with coaches and check in with players. Some guys like to go watch them play multiple sports. I'm more of the latter. I yeah. love seeing these guys cross over in different sports. And knowing Parker and getting to know his family well over the last few months, Parker is uh, – he was born and raised in a baseball family. His dad pitched at SFA. His older brother's pitching at Texas Tech uh, or playing at Texas Tech. And so – Baseball has been in his blood, but you know this. Two years ago, he said, I'm putting the glove up. My future's in football. I'm going to play football at the next level. And so he focused on that. I was talking to his father last week. He changed his mind. Why? Because he's enrolling early. He's going to graduate early his senior year, and he knows he's not going to get to play baseball that last year. So he wants to enjoy it with his teammates, with his friends, make one more run at it. I'll tell you this much. He is a tall drink of water. Like, I believe his coaches now when they tell me he's legit 6'4", because he's he's a little bit longer than when we saw him in, in Hook's camp about a year ago. Uh, he's filling out a little bit more. I learned that he has a 21-6-200, and he barely runs track, which that kind of justifies a little bit more of maybe what I was wondering if he was a take or not. There is no question now. You talk to sources close to the program, they – Love Parker Livingstone. Sark does. Coach Jackson does. He is a take through and through. What I learned is he can play anywhere in baseball. He can play third. He can pitch. He's their closer. The game I actually watched him play against Crandall in the in game one, their their, their starter was a lefty who had pitched a, a seven inning shutout. He's a freshman. Yeah, throwing in the low eighties, and he committed to TCU two weeks ago. That was just one of their players. Lovejoy's about to make a run. Parker Livingstone is going to be one reason. He bats in the sixth hole. He had some good plays. Um, but top to bottom, you know, that's a good family. That's a family that's gone through the recruiting process from start to finish. And so I think Parker is very pragmatic in that approach. He kind of knows when he wants to decide. He knows what when, when the officials are going to be. He's going to be in Texas last, that last weekend in June, with a bunch of the other guys. And so he'll see LSU. 
Uh, Texas A&M made his top five, but I don't anticipate him taking another visit to A&M. That's probably not going to happen. Um, Arkansas is in the mix, but the school to watch is South Carolina. Yep. Uh, Justin Stepp, the wide receiver coach, was actually at the game in Crandall. I caught up with him on he's Friday been night. Him for three years. Yeah. Yes, he, he's been recruiting for a long time, and I'm telling you, if Stepp wasn't in South Carolina, no. they may be more in this recruitment. Yep. But there's something about Texas that has won Parker over. There's something about that school and that program that really clicks with him. He's been there twice in 2023. And one last note that I feel is most important, um, he he has an idea of who he wants to catch passes from at the next level. And on his last recruiting visit, do you know who was involved? Arch Manning and Colton Bostic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, good stuff, Justin, there. I got a couple minutes here. One more time for our new sponsor, uh, Chase Yarborough of Goosehead Insurance. There are hundreds of insurance providers out there to choose from, but Chase and his team have vetted the very best. They select only insurance companies that deserve your, deserve your business for home, auto, life, and flood and umbrella policies. With rates on the rise across Texas, why not make one phone call and allow Chase to shop for you? Goosehead is the largest independent, independent brokerage in the state of Texas. Contact Chase at chase.yarborough.goosehead.com or call him at 325-261-7127. Again, special thank you to Chase Yarborough of Goosehead Insurance, our newest sponsor of On Texas Football and the sponsor of our weekly recruiting breakdown. Again, I'm Jerry Hamilton with Justin Wells of Inside Texas. Justin, uh, last week I, I made five, six stops in Florida. I can't even remember. IMG Academy, Tampa Catholic, um, Orlando Jones, Bradenton Manatee, a couple of others that weren't really on the Texas radar yet. Um, but just for the people that uh, may have missed uh, some of the things I talked – well, I wasn't on the show Friday, obviously, because I was in the air. So people that may have missed what I kind of took away in Florida at IMG, Texas is a big leader for Jarrett Gibson. Uh, RPMs are in. You know, nothing's changed there. To Shard Choice, Bo Davis – and Blake Gideon, I believe, are expected at the spring game, May 17th at IMG. So next week, one Texas coach may be through there this week, and then all three of those guys back next week. Uh, the interesting one, Jordan Johnson or Bell, Texas lean, nothing new there. Alabama's probably the biggest threat if Nick Saban really rolls out the red carpet and makes a push right. June 9th to 11th. I just don't know if mom's going to let him go that far from home. Uh, there was a TCU safeties coach there the day I was there they were working hard to get him on that fifth official visit I don't think he'll do that I think he'll show up on campus in June at some point uh but again Jarrett Gibson official visits Georgia's June 2nd through 4th he replaced Alabama with Miami 9th through 11th and and Miami was the team that made the run on Cedric Baxter late I would expect them to try to make a run again on Jarrett Gibson None of the schools in Florida want to shard choice in Texas to get the number one running back in the country, in the state of Florida, two years in a row when they're headed to the SEC and gaining more steam in Florida. Uh, Gibson goes to Tennessee, the 16th to 18th, then Texas, 23rd, 5th. Jordan Johnson Rubel is USC, the 2nd through 4th, Alabama, 9th, 11th, Ohio State, 16th through 18th, Texas, 23rd through 25th. The biggest news coming out of IMG, though, was Jaden Jackson, the defensive tackle out of Brownsburg, Indiana, who transferred to IMG last year with no offers, now has 32. So there is something to this IMG thing. When you go in and you work hard and you have the talent and you blow up physically and you do all the things those guys ask of you, you can go from not recruited to one of the most heavily recruited players in the country. 
I talked to two sources down there. One I've known for 15 years. And they said, Texas may be the favorite at it in the June over Ohio State. And I was kind of went, huh? And they're like, just telling you, he loved that visit in Austin. We're not saying he's going to pick Texas over Ohio State. Miami's also in it. We'll get a June visit. He hadn't announced those dates yet. Um, it, it, but And then Florida and Oklahoma were, were the final five. Um, but Texas has done a very good job there, um, whether it's Bo Davis, whether it's three guys, four guys graduating and moving on at that position, whether it's Leona LaFowle, Tecilia Connor, whatever it is, probably all of it combined, but a lot of it's Texas is losing from what I was told. He knows Texas is going to lose. Probably Alfred Collins, potentially Byron Murphy, for sure, Tavondre Sweat. That's a pretty inviting scenario for a freshman defensive tackle that's going to be a December graduate. So something to keep in mind. Does that mean Texas is going to get him? We're not saying that. Nobody's putting crystal balls, but it is interesting that heading into June, Texas and Ohio State are right there with Miami uh, going to fight to keep him. A couple of IMD guys, Francis Malgo, that he's close to signed with Miami last year. Um, Orlando Jones, um, DeAndre Robinson, Florida, Texas right now. Ohio State off for the day I was there. Uh, they'll get an official visit. I think LSU or Georgia will get an official visit. But he grew up a huge Florida Gators fan. The Florida D.C. Uh, and D-line coach Sean Spencer were there the day I was at practice. Texas expected by next week, maybe this week too, but for sure next week. Um, but, look, he's going to visit Florida June 2nd through 4th, and then Texas the 16th through 18th. It could go either way. Um, I think the best relationships he has are Bo Davis and Tashar Choice, and he really likes the feedback he's getting from Peyton Kirkland and Cedric Baxter from being early enrollees at Texas from the Orlando area. That carries weight. His sister also lives in Arlington, which not a lot of people know, so there is one family member within three hours of Austin. Uh, but we'll see if Texas can beat out Florida on that one. That kid grew up a big Florida fan after being there. His head coach played for Steve Spurrier at Florida. I don't think he's pushing him one direction or the other. Uh, but there's no anti-Florida at Orlando Jones High. That I'll tell you. Now, there's a lot of Miami. Malik Bryant was there working out the early enrolling yeah. there. There's a lot of Florida State fanfare. Though, you know, in that state, man, it's three schools and they all just go at it. But Texas very much involved there as well. I'll have more. Uh, one of the top 2025 D linemen in the country at O'Galley in Melbourne is he's going to be one of the top defensive guys on the board in 2025. Uh, Justin, we got to get out of here. Any closing thoughts from you uh, for this week's recruiting breakdown? Because I got to hit Oak Ridge High, Klein Forest, and Langham Creek, and we'll talk about that tonight on the live stream. Uh, I'll be at Chapel Hills uh, seven on seven tonight. Tomorrow, I'm um, hitting Texarkana, the trifecta, Liberty Ilo, Texas High, and Pleasant Grove. All have okay. Texas kids, all have Texas offers, all have Texas young guys on the radar. But one final note, people always ask us, what's going on with Edge recruiting? Well, <laughs> let me give you an update. Zena Umiazulu, went to go see him last week, talked to three of his coaches before he walked into the office, and him and I had a one-on-one -on -one for like half an hour. They all said he's up to 6'4 six, 6'5", 225 to 230 pounds. I think that's probably his ceiling. The thing about Zena, you have to know, is he's a priority for Texas. Texas looks really, still looks really good. He has visited UT more than any other school by a large margin. Obviously, his brother Neto Umazulu is a as a returning uh, offensive lineman there in the mix and you know in that rotational depth. But the key for Zena, he's going to take an official to Oklahoma. They're in the mix. He's going to take one to LSU. They're strongly in the mix. I think those are probably the two top contenders that Texas is going to battle. 
A&M's trying to get him on, on campus, um, a couple of other schools as well. But the business school is a big factor in this decision, and he is fully aware of the McCombs Business School in Austin. He wants that. His big thing is to develop him as a player and as an off-the-field, you know, life-after-football type of recruitment. And he thinks right now Texas can set him up the best in that situation. I think the horns look great. I think he's going to make a decision between August and the first game of the season. He doesn't want to go through the recruiting process during his senior year. He's gone through it with his brother. He's living it himself. I think he's about ready to take these OVs and wrap it up like a handful of others. But Texas remains in the hunt. They're in a great spot for the four-star edge. Um, and it's not because of Big Bro. He has built a good relationship with Coach PK. They switched it over to Coach Choate. Now him and Coach Choate are talking on a regular basis. So it's more of a, a defensive staff type of recruitment. And Zena wants to feel like a priority, and he has felt that way the last three or four months, Jerry. And I'll add one more on the edge. Jordan Ross uh, out of Vestavia Hills in Alabama. You know, when you're on the road in those southeast states, you're running a lot of college coaches, right? Right. Um, there's been word that Ross wants to leave the state of Alabama. That's what the college coaches are feeling that are recruiting this kid. I mean, he's got Georgia scheduled the second through fourth. I believe he's going to Florida. He's going to Tennessee, and he's going to Texas the 16th through 18th. There's a thought Tennessee could be out in front heading into the June visits, but Florida, Georgia, Texas all have a chance. He's a kid that just may want to get out of Alabama, and yeah. Texas knows that, and they're going hard after him. I know Bo Davis – PK, I think, even though he's being recruited as an edge, Bo Davis recruits that at that area. He's the area recruiter. I know they've all been by the school in the last couple of weeks. Jordan Ross, Vestavia Hills, visiting June 16th through 18th. There's a couple of edge updates. Obviously, we'll all wait on Colin Simmons, LSU, Texas, maybe Georgia, Bama battle. Uh, for Justin Walls, I'm Jerry Hamilton, uh, and we will talk to you next time on the recruiting breakdown. And I'll see you guys tonight on the live stream, seven to eight. Have a good one.